1: before we get into it, let's cheers our claws. Cheers, girl. Cheers. Um, So a little content warning for today's episode. Um, We're talking about stillbirth. um, And we just want to say that up front so that anybody who might be listening who has experienced this knows what's coming Mm -hmm. and is able to take care of themselves while listening to the episode. Mm -hmm. So small content warning, um, but We were really honored for this episode to be in the presence of uh, this woman, Shafina. She's our photographer. Yes. Um, And just a really incredible human being who Mm -hmm. experienced a stillbirth.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I know it's so fucking hard to listen to, to talk about, but this shit happens and we need to talk about it and we need to shed light on this. And Shafina was so generous with her story and her experiences to share with others, um, that I'm just really grateful that we had her here for this. Me too. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think what's really important and I just, I want everyone to hold this in their mind as they listen is that by listening, by recording this episode, by talking to Shafina, by, um, putting this out there, we're bearing witness to the fact that her child was here. Yes. He existed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just really, important to say both for shafina and also for anybody who um has experienced something similar your Mm -hmm. child was here and we know they were
0: yes and he continues to live on yeah with everything that she's been doing you'll hear in this episode the way that he's been living
1: on it's pretty amazing so it really is um, here's shafina enjoy thank you so Shafina is joining us today to tell us about her experience with stillbirth, which is a really big topic. Um, we're so grateful for you to be here. I love
0: your podcast, and I love what you guys are doing, so I'm honored to be here with you guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. We thought it was very important to bring you on today because I think a lot of women may experience this or be fearful of experiencing it, and um, perhaps you can lend some You know, some guidance for anybody. Um, So, why don't we start with? um, How about you tell us a little about about yourself? How about that? Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Who who are you outside of this one, this trauma that happened? Because we always like to help people remember that yes, in life we experience hard and traumatic things, and we are more than just the traumas that we experience. So, who are you outside of this? And then we'll get into the story.
2: For sure. Um, I feel like when I get asked this question, the corest identity that I like res- that resonates with me is that of a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's connected to this story, but also I'm the mom of, you know, uh, two other children, KoA and Kamari, and I feel like everything I do is through that kind of lens. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I'm, I'm an executive at a consulting firm. Um, and I do a photography, you know, in mm-hmm. my spare time, but I'm, a, a friend and a sister and a mom and, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> oh, no,
1: that's a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, lot, you but. do so much and it sounds like your kids are really like your why, like they're, they're your heart. Totally. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good one. That's really beautiful, and I think it highlights probably why it feels so important for you to tell your story of this child, who you were also a mom to, um, who didn't get to stay. Yeah. And we were wondering if you could start out with just sharing with people why you think it's important for us to talk about stillbirth and you know, maybe to some extent miscarriage, I know it's two different things, um, but it's really hard to talk about your being so courageous in doing so. So why did you want to come share this really hard experience you had?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think we talk about this enough. Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, I didn't, I, I've said before, like I didn't even know I I didn't know what Stillbirth was. It didn't. It wasn't in my frame of um, that this is something that happens until it happened, and then I was so unprepared for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I, you know, I had like a. um, uh, Koa was born at thirty-two weeks, so I knew that babies can could come early, Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't know that babies can die, Mm -hmm. Um, and they can die before they're born, Mm -hmm. and that that's something.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: and so, yeah, I think we we are afraid to talk about things that um, feel hard. Uh, and I think it happens to more people than we realize. One in four women will have a miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, which is typically defined as like anything before 20 weeks. Okay. Um, and one in 160 will have a stillbirth, and that's, you know, 20 to 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, our son, Kyrie, was 34 and a half weeks, so we were at the end of the end felt in sight. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had passed where our first son was born and he's healthy. Mm -hmm. So we knew that like 34 and a half weeks, babies should live. Mm -hmm. Um, And learning that, it was just a hard, it was hard to learn that. It was a hard, it was like a traumatic and heartbreaking experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet there's a lot of women who have that, same experience, and you don't know because we just don't we don't talk about it, right? Um, so I think for me, wanting to share my story is about um, there's always I think a little bit of healing that happens when people have an opportunity to share a story, mm-hmm. um, and also just to let I think you know to bring light to it. We're not talking about it, yeah, and and why not? Right,
0: right. It is. So heavy, and there are one in four, one in 160. I mean, that is a lot of women. It's a lot of people that um, have given, have, you know, pregnant, pregnant women that have had to you know go through this, and you know, there's there's so much to be talked about.
2: Um, when did you know that you were? Did you know that you're going to have a stillbirth? Yeah. So everything in the second pregnancy had been going pretty fine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were monitoring this pregnancy closer because COA had been born um, at 32 weeks so Mm -hmm. we were trying to, you know, stay pregnant as long as possible. I think it was taking like progesterone Mm -hmm. um, injections every week or so after a certain amount of time. Um, And we were, you know, I could, I could check in with the doctor anytime. I had a great team Mm -hmm. who was, you know, overseeing this pregnancy. Um, and what happened was, you know, one evening, I just hadn't felt him move, um, a whole bunch. And Mm so I, um, I was feeling a little nervous about that. Mm -hmm. I was like telling myself it's, it's not a big deal. I'll just go in in the morning. And I Mm -hmm. called the doctor in the morning and said, Hey, can I just come in and have, I want to hear his heartbeat, which was a normal thing for us. Like they had said, come in anytime you want. Mm -hmm. Um, I went in that morning, I called my work. I was on my way to step up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I called, and I said, "You know, I want to swing by the doctor's office first. And because I felt like, oh, I think the only thing I thought that could happen was that I was going to have the baby early because uh-huh. that that I knew was possible. Mm-hmm. but I don't I didn't understand stillbirth. I didn't understand that babies could die that it wasn't it in just like yeah that. it wasn't yeah. it was not in my frame and mm-hmm. so when I when I got there I saw like my favorite nurse was working who I you know love her Um, we went back in um she you know was looking for his heartbeat and I feel like in those moments I laid there and she she said just turn over you know on your side like have having me move and mm-hmm. I could see her struggling and I think at that point I I knew something was wrong and mm-hmm. tears just Started. I think I just laid there, and I and she was like, "Don't. It's you know, it's okay. Like we're gonna, you know, just hold on mm-hmm. because I don't think it's normal. It's it's normal in that it happens in one in one, in 160 women, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not an everyday occurrence. I right, think right. even in a doctor's office. No. So mm-hmm. they're so invested in you also and have been yeah. caring with caring for you. Um. She brought another nurse in, and they kept trying, and then the doctor came in. Um, who was uh, not my regular doctor that I had been seeing, but I had seen her before. Um, and at that point, I think I was just a mess.
1: (laughs) Um, were you by yourself at that point? You hadn't like called your husband or anything yet. Mm -mm. Okay.
2: Um, it was so fast. It happened so fast because they were like trying to find the heartbeat and then, yeah. And then you went in like, I just, I just want to hear it. And then I'm going to go to work. And then I'm going to go to work. Yeah. And, um, she, you know, sat next to me and, and she had turned off the thing and she held my hand and she said, Shafina, I'm just so sorry, but there's no heartbeat. Oh, Oh, and it was like, oh, I think I just lost it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was so hard, and I remember like just hugging the nurse who was with me mm-hmm. for so long because mm-hmm. I was just so devastated. And then my phone rang, and it was my husband. Oh shit! And he was just calling to like uh. check in. And so he, you know, I can't speak for his story, but his story started with a. A nurse answering my phone oh, for me and saying yeah. you need to come here, oh, um, and I think he thought that um, the baby was coming early mm-hmm. because again we didn't know that that could happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, at that point they had me go and they did a, a bigger ultrasound, mm-hmm. you know, more like um, the regular kind of big ultrasounds and mm-hmm. um, confirmed it. And I think at that point I was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" Oh, like yeah. they're. I did my brain couldn't process it. Yeah, it was course. just too much. It yeah. was too much. And then, um, you know, we met with the, the um, the maternal, uh, I don't know, the doctor that works yeah. with uh, higher risk pregnancies. Uh-huh. Um, and she was very matter of fact about what's going to happen next. And mm-hmm. so that's, um, I mean, you're getting so much information is flooding to you. You right. want to know why you don't get to know why <laughs> um, yeah. you just get to know that, all right, you're, you're 34 and a half weeks pregnant, belly out to here, mm-hmm. you know, and your baby's died. Yeah. And now here's your options for how to get your baby out because you have to give birth. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God. And so it's just a lot. My, my husband was with me at that point yeah. and um, we, you know, were listening to our options and, mm-hmm. and, you know, later that night, we would check into the hospital Um, to kind of start the process of giving birth to our baby. Mm -hmm. Damn.
1: What was it, what were those moments just, you know, you're taking in all this information that makes no sense about something that you didn't even know could happen. What were those early moments like between the two of you? If that's not too personal, but I'm just thinking about what it's like to like take be taking that information in as individuals and then as a couple,
2: as people who love each other, as as the parents of this child. Yeah, I think we were we were both just so heartbroken. Yeah. Um, and trying to make sense of it. You yeah. know, I think like Craig came into it. Unknown, right? Like he he didn't know what was happening. He mm-hmm. got there, you know, thinking that maybe baby's coming early, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, it wasn't until I said, "There, like, there's no heartbeat," yeah. and he just broke down, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, their his grief process has looked so different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those moments, I think we could just be there for one another, mm-hmm. you know, and like hold each other and cry and after we got the you know technical instructions of of what is happening Mm -hmm. we had to leave in our separate cars because we had come at different times and we had to we had to coordinate we had a five-year-old at Mm -hmm. that time Mm -hmm. um and we had to figure out how do we explain this to koa how do we um you know who do we call and called like my best friend Mm -hmm. um on the way home because we had to pack and then talk to my brother and my sister and my mom and and it was just a flurry of yeah, things totally well i
0: mean your whole life just got rocked in like an instant yep that's damn that's a lot
2: yeah so we like you know we went to the we went to the hospital and the hospital staff were um wonderful and considering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh the next day we would um, have him
0: mm-hmm.
2: so, um, and they and it was like a, a natural birth. I mean, we had an epidural, but we, um, you know, had him. And I remember those. My family was there. Mm-hmm. Um, they had come, and the nurses were wonderful. Like, had taken a room next to us, and like brought them food and let everyone come. So my whole family, my cousins, mm-hmm. and my my you know immediate family. Um, were able to be there and then um, it was just Craig and I in the room when when we had him mm-hmm. um, and it was har- it was it was so heartbreaking yeah um, it was like yeah. you expect to give birth and hear a baby cry right and it's quiet yeah and you knew that before, and you knew it yeah before
0: even giving birth you knew that was coming yeah which is a whole nother thing than ha- Giving birth and then having a stillbirth, you know, like you knew, like that's, all of this is horrible, you know, and it's a whole other thing when you know what, what's going to come. Yeah. And to not hear that and, oh, yeah. And you, and you gave it, so you gave birth, uh, vaginally or naturally. Yep. And so they had to, you had to have the whole contractions
2: and labor and all of that. Yep. They gave me Pitocin to start, Mm um, you know, labor the night before. And then, you know, by the morning, um, I think my doctor, I I finally got to see my doctor, Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, you get an epidural at this point because it was starting, like the contractions were Mm -hmm. happening. God, so you have to go through all of that, plus the emotional pain and just the physical pain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like the splitting that your mind must have been doing. And I think if it was me, I would have been in total denial. Like, my, well, I'm giving birth. It feels like I'm giving birth. Like, maybe there's a chance that they're oh, wrong. They're, totally. Wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. They're, totally. Yeah. I, I believed that. There was yeah. a part of me that was like, I'm like, they'll be wrong. I'm yeah, like, yeah. He, like, he's going to be alive. There was there was always been that hope. And I think that's the, the hardest part of the grief was like, there's so much, you know, even holding him. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I hold him, I know their stories that like, mm-hmm. you know, mothers who like hold their babies on their chest and they'll wake up. Mm-hmm. And even though I knew like he was no longer here mm-hmm. holding his body, like I wanted him to be alive so yeah. badly yes. that like yes. I, in my mind, I think I needed to think like any, like maybe this could happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, like yeah. Something magical. Something magical is going to yeah. happen, even though it's like, so not real. Right. But like I think you're just trying to cope so much with what is happening um, that it's impossible not to, to be in that kind of bargaining. Like, I'll do anything to make you come back. What can I do? What can mm-hmm. I do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we we one of the things that um, I, I think people maybe don't realize when you have a baby who has died is um, nowadays in the past where they maybe didn't let you hold your baby and mm-hmm. keep your baby with you see them. Yeah. or see them. Now it's, it's really seen as something you should do. Uh-huh. Um, and I know for some women, they can't, for whatever reason, they don't want to see their mm-hmm. baby or mm-hmm. they, um, and, and maybe they're okay with it. Maybe they regret it later. I don't know. But, um, for me, I needed to be with him. Yeah. I would have, I would have held him till there was nothing left of him. Mm-hmm. I would have like, I needed that, and they let me. They were so kind and loving. The nurses that we had, um, helping like wash his body and mm-hmm. like you know put a hat on him and mm-hmm. take pictures of him and like allow you to mother him or to parent him mm-hmm. for as long as you needed. Mm-hmm. Um, at night, they put the little you know bassinet next to me um, so we could sleep and and. This was a hard part for Craig because his body was changing. You yeah. like our bodies aren't when we die, our bodies aren't meant to to be out for long. Right, right. you know. Yes. Um, and yet I wanted so badly. I couldn't imagine him being in the hospital without me. Mm-hmm. I like couldn't I couldn't send him away yeah. and stay. And yeah. I was like, I can't do that. He has to be with me. And so that was a moment that I really appreciated from Craig because I knew it was really hard for him to see our baby change, Mm -hmm. um, and I needed it so badly um, that that just meant so much. And so, you know, in the the night I brought him to me and I literally held him like this in my arms all night. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I just, it sounds weird, I feel like.
3: I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes, like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. slash thrive for 20% off your first order. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
2: I wanted to, like, inhale him. I wanted to, like, remember every single thing about him.
0: Yeah, it's not weird. He was so much a part of you. I mean, he was growing inside of you, you know, you wanted him back inside, you know, yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's weird at all. I mean, what you just said, like I would have held him till there was nothing left like that. I think that says it all. Yeah. And I think anybody would have had this many people would have had the same reaction. You're right. Maybe some people would just need to completely shut it down in order to survive the moment. Yeah. Um, it's, Wonderful that parents are allowed to stay with their baby as long as they need mm-hmm. and that they're not just like whisked away and you're just left there to lay mm-hmm. and recover with like With knowing that there's a baby somewhere in the hospital. That's yours and you don't get
0: to know where they are
2: right Or see yeah. them
0: see what they look like anything.
2: Yeah, and I mean we were we were lucky with the nurses We had the night that I um, the day that I gave birth the nurses that came on that morning were phenomenal like she I know her like we we have met her again and to thank her because Mm. she was so like such an amazing part an important part of our story Mm -hmm. um and and we had some experiences that weren't like as as loving as she was and so I think like how there's an opportunity there for um you know, when we think about how do you care for mothers who are going or families who are going through this, mm-hmm. it's so hard. Yeah, um, to know how to like show up for, for people in that way. Where do you think the like
1: medical field or the labor and delivery field needs to like kind of catch up to the reality of how to like support a traumatized person?
2: Because you're so aware that your what is happening right now is different. I think there's a level of like, not defensiveness, but protection, Mm -hmm. Um, mama bear instinct to like, to ensure that anyone who's looking at your baby understands that like, this is a real baby. They are beautiful. They are like, they look normal. Like this is like, there's so much of a desire, I think, to protect Mm -hmm. um, that people, I think, and it's heightened. So I think how you enter a room. What you say? If you look uncomfortable, is it because of my baby? Are you judging me? Are you judging that I'm sleeping with him? Is that weird to you? Mm-hmm. Are like, is what I'm doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much questioning. I think of yourself that doctors and nurses, I think, need to know if, if they know that. Yeah. And how you enter into this space mm-hmm. might be might be different. And I think um, listening to what you know your patient is. Requesting and what they need is is obviously like the most important um, thing to to do. Um, I think they do a great job at like where we you know I think there's like special signs on the door so people know who is that this is, what is happening in this room. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like before we even had the photographers who came to take photos of. Our baby with us our nurse wasn't sure they were going to come and she went and got her camera and and took photos for us so we could have those and put them on a cd and gave them to us so like there are some folks like her who are doing i hope everyone gets who has to go through something like this has that kind of support in the hospital Mm -hmm. from that moment forward what did your
0: life look like
2: yeah nothing Nothing was the same. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I am not the same person I was before. I think there was a a level of um, not I don't want to say jadedness, but there was something that was like lost. you yeah. know there I mean literally, right? But then yeah. there was something um, that I just saw the world differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say in the immediate year like that first year was probably it's a blur mm-hmm. you know in some ways it's yeah. like how did yeah. i survive that year right I, yeah. I must have just been walking through motions um but there was so much sadness mm-hmm. right yeah um there was so much like blame and wondering about myself um, and what i did wrong or what could i have done there was like um it just shows up in the weirdest ways i wanted to know everything there was to know about stillbirth i was uh-huh. like if there was a movie that came out about like a baby who died mm-hmm. i needed to see it god bless uh-huh. my best friend who mm-hmm. would like go to me go with me i think she was like it's <laughs> really sad yeah, i think she not. was like i don't
3: know if <laughs> yeah. this is
2: a good thing and i was like just no it's i just have to see he... it i yeah. have to see it i have to believe that there's something else and if a movie can yeah. tell me that there's some other life that I will see my baby in, yeah, then yeah. then I need to see it, even yeah. if it's a Hollywood production. I mean, I just right. needed that. So yeah. that first year was all sorts of like emotions and sadness, and you know, for for folks who were trying to support me, I think there was like um, there was nothing, there was no winning, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing sure. they would get right um, because I was nothing was right with me, right? Like mm-hmm. there was nothing. That could make anything better, right? Because yeah. the only thing that would, could be better is if he was here, mm-hmm. and yeah. that would never happen. <laughs> so yeah. there was a lot of a lot of that, and I think what I was um, blessed with was that I had people who never kind of gave up trying mm-hmm. to figure out mm-hmm. what it is that um, how how could they show up for me and mm-hmm. what was it that I needed, and so I had good support to um, like a lot of the women in my life. I think were very supportive and and wanting to talk and make space for me and whatever it was that I needed. Mm -hmm. And so over, you know, over the, I wrote a lot, I I blogged a ton. Um, That first year I read like a woman's who I found like a woman's blog and I I read it from like in one night, I think from start to finish. And she had a similar experience Mm -hmm. and her posts became less frequent and she had children Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, read this whole thing. And I was like, I just needed to be connected to yeah. others who were going through that. Something yeah. to grab onto. Totally. But I think what you just said is so important
1: for people supporting a grieving person to remember, like you can't win. No one can win grief and you're all looking for answers, the grieving person and their loved ones to something that just doesn't have an answer, yeah. you know, so yeah. like you, you just have to go through that amount of time, however long it is where you're grasping at whatever thing that you're grasping on or whatever thing you've latched onto that becomes like, this is going to show me the answer. It's
0: probably
2: not,
1: (laughs) but it's the thing that you're grabbing onto right now. And I'm so glad you had people and have people in your life that were patient with you because it does seem like our culture wants to like, put a time limit on grieving. Like the bad things happen, the bad thing happens and the clock starts ticking for like Mm -hmm. when your grief is allowed to take up space and when you have to like go back to quote unquote normal.
2: Yeah, I feel like that is been something that I've been navigating over the Mm -hmm. last couple years where I, you know, the first year um, and even into the second year, I think there was a lot of like are you, like a lot of questions and a lot of like folks available Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's trickled. My family has never wavered. My close friends have never wavered, but um, how people respond, I think does change and you learn to adjust to that and it hurts still Um, because I think what's important for moms with stillborn babies is that like you say their name, that you remember that they were there, like they're a baby. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't like the worst, the hard, the hardest thing is to think that people would forget him mm-hmm. um, or not, or think that he could be replaced with a new baby or mm-hmm. like maybe she's okay now or, or anything like that. Or it's been five years. Why does she still post about it? You mm-hmm. know, or, or whatnot. And so I think there's um, I've been really open with my grief over the last five years. Mm-hmm. I post on social media about, about him. I, Talk about him openly. Um, and I don't know how that makes people feel necessarily anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think you're right. I think society puts a timeline on how long you're allowed to grieve and when you're supposed to, from the from how much time you get right. <laughs> for leave, mm-hmm. uh, right. for retirement leave. I know. To, Two days. Yeah. You're like, okay. Oh, hey. You're better yeah. now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, to like, it's been, you know, it's been a few years. You're fine now, or you know, people who don't understand stillbirth, um, or think like, who want to compare grief or something. Right. like, Well, he wasn't really born, so yeah. You know, is it? Please don't. So is it? That no one actually said that. To no, you. no. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> taking off my ears. No, but I think that exists Jesus. for so many people. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. That, like, totally. um, that you don't get to grieve as long because it wasn't someone else. It wasn't like, and and, and I hate that comparison of like, mm-hmm. you know, people, women who lose babies before 20 weeks mm-hmm. um, to women who lose babies now to women who lose babies when they're older. Right. Um, it's a different, it's, it's a different experience, and I would never ever compare my experience to any other woman's experience. It's all valid, um, and I think what connects us all though is that experience of grief, and that crosses whether it's loss of a friend or a partner or whatever that loss is. I think that experience of grief is is connecting and resonates the the sadness I can connect to, and for sure. For sure. And I, I, I feel when
0: people do try to say or limit your grief or feel uncomfortable and say shit like that, I mean, I think that just comes down to their own uncomfortableness or discomfort with it, you know, um, it has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with your loss, nothing to do with anything, but their own discomfort of like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be fine and like, you know, (laughs) let's go out and whatever, you know what I mean? Like, um, please me you know right now kind of thing you know but you're just like no I mean that's that's like where you're where you can kind of decide who your real friends are
2: yeah yeah. (laughs) I mean I think you really do see who who sticks around and who who says things I'll say like I was really surprised with um some folks who reached out who are in my community but like not directly like I hang out with them all the time, Mm -hmm. but who continue to show up in a way, whether they're donating to, you know, we do March of Dimes every year for Mm -hmm. for Kyrie, like whether they donate to that, to whether I get a card in the mail, to a text message because they put it in their calendar. Like there are Mm -hmm. people who have really surprised me and those moments mean Mm -hmm. so much because it doesn't take that much time to put it in your calendar and to, if that can mean something to somebody else that you remember their baby's name or you remember their anniversary, mm-hmm. those little moments go a long way, especially mm-hmm. over time, right? Yeah. Like when yeah. when you don't expect to hear it as much, you know, right. from folks. Right,
0: because it just shows that you they, they don't forget and you definitely will never forget, you know, yeah. and it's just um, to, yeah, to know those dates um, you know, and like, oh yeah, then, you know, then, you know, whoever knows you too, also is around you during those times, you know, his anniversary or leading up to that, you know, um, I wonder if you've had any sort of, um, you know, leading up to that date in February, even now, do you get anxious? Do you get, oh yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel like our bodies remember mm-hmm. um, and I feel like it's a season right like February starts to come near and I start to feel it in my bones mm-hmm. um, that's never gone away I think the lead up is always harder than the next day it's like mm-hmm. the very next day I can like okay, I can move, I can keep moving on. Mm-hmm. But the, the lead up has been something that I've learned to like take time off, take a couple of days off mm-hmm. from work um, leading up to it. Give yourself self space to process mm-hmm. and to reconnect what feels like reconnect to those feelings. Like I, for me, I need to, um, for, for that first year, I felt like I had to be sad um, because it was the way to be close mm-hmm. um, to him. And if I leave that sadness, Um, I'm somehow leaving him and that feels like how could I do that even to the point of like I need to sit where his ashes are Mm -hmm. in the same room and be close and if I like there's that there's that feeling yeah um and so you know the weeks leading up to it I feel like I need to reconnect to that somehow and so I might write in the blog again Mm -hmm. or um give myself time to look through pictures um, and just try to like find some time because I find myself when I don't give myself that time, I feel resentful of all the reasons why I didn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's work or whatever. And so now I've just learned that, nope, I take a week off before. Um, that's just part of what we do. And we put our energy into really wanting to do something to honor him. And mm-hmm. so every year we do something on his anniversary my family, um, and, my husband and I and Koa, um, you know, this year we decided that he would have been entering kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do is we, we donated a whole, um, building block station Mm -hmm. for the kindergarten class, um, at our local elementary. And every year now we're going to follow that class Mm -hmm. and where he would have been and do something that will be meaningful. We Mm -hmm. built a little plaque that says like, I think build the impossible, mm-hmm. um, you know, in honor of Kyrie, mm-hmm. and then the day, the Dave, like Love Gardner family. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing stuff like that, like we we participate in the March of Dimes, and we raise money for you know, to to hope that women don't have this experience in the future. Those yeah. are all things that allow us to put our energy into doing something with this. Yeah, um, that's been really. I think it's healing, and it feels like we're doing something good. Yeah, um, and then and his it. name and mm-hmm. his experience, and your experience as well, Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's Ra- good for Koa. It's yeah. so good yeah. for Koa. Yeah, it, like he—he he has his own story. Yeah, you know, and he was five. He knew exactly what was happening. We oh, yeah. met him. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, we talked very concretely about what happened. Uh-huh. Um, and like he. Was with us in this year of like incredible sadness that first year, mm-hmm. and so he is probably the most empathetic mm-hmm. and like sensitive and loving kid mm-hmm. there is, and I think a lot of that is because of what he's experienced. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: I've um, I love what you're doing in 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 his honor, or you know, creating experiences. Um, you know, we can't take away what has happened. Um, and we can continue, you know, what we can do is try to, um, create experiences to help with that story, you know, change the, the narrative, I guess, you know, or however you want to word it, um, where, yeah, it's horrible and it's sad and it's should never happen, but it did happen. And now what do I do with this? You know, um, and I think with all, like a lot of horrible things, you know, you can, at some point, you have to decide. You know how long to, um, I guess, suffer. I guess you, you can say that. Um, I just, I love the idea that you have decided to put in other memories every year. You know, every year there's a new memory of something great, something in his honor. You know, you're still, you're still remembering him, but in a different way. Like we did yep. this on his mm-hmm. anniversary. You know, so you're not just remembering the day that. That horrible day that that happened but you're remembering five years of the last five years of something you guys have done yes. as a family in honor of him um and those will get ingrained and you know um because it's all what we do with all this shit that fucking happens to us you know what do we do with all of this you know yeah, yeah. um
1: well it's like the story of him gets to keep growing and yeah. getting bigger and i someone was talking to me recently i don't even remember who about Suffering being mm-hmm. part of life and figuring out how to like suffer wisely <laughs> Which is like sort of a I had to sit with that for a while like after that conversation, but it strikes me that like that's the way that you're approaching this like it's like it's very wise and he's very much a part of the family and mm-hmm. like, I just I think yeah, like, that's really beautiful that yeah. like his memory
0: extends beyond um, Just what happened? Yeah. Yeah, you keep him alive in that sense, you know, his memory, his energy, his beingness, you know, because I don't I honestly don't believe that we're just matter, you know. Um, so seeing that ripple effect from his birth or, you know, from yeah. his story and how it's the ripple effect going out affecting so many other lives. Like You know I think it's a beautiful thing you know yeah because it's still going and going and and because of you you know because you and your family have decided to you know to create something beautiful out of this horrific tragedy you know
2: thank you I yeah I feel it's I love that I think it and it's taken time yes Mm -hmm. absolutely and so I think my, like, when I think of other women who are going through this or are hearing this kind of news, mm-hmm. you know, now it's like, I always say, like, feel all the feels and, yeah. and there's no wrong or right way to grieve and there's no timeline. There doesn't have to be a timeline to your grief. So yeah. if sitting in the sadness is what you need to do, then sit in the sadness. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, working your butt off to, like, not think about it is what like whatever it is you need to do, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm um, when I think back to that time I know how hard it was, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful that time in those moments I didn't want time to move, I needed it to stay still, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can see now I'm so grateful that time has moved because it's allowed us to process things and to do exactly what you're saying and mm-hmm. to honor Kyrie in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and to ensure that his memory like, has impact, um, the kind of impact that we want to see, so. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I was gonna ask, actually, if there, if you have advice for that one in 160 women that will have to go through this, you know? Um, you've probably learned a ton, like, what would you say to somebody getting this news or somebody just freshly through this experience?
2: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it is, it is, I can't say, like, don't blame yourself. Don't do these things. Right. Because they're going to do, like, you have to feel whatever you need to feel. Right. And I think it's so important for people to know that no There's nothing wrong with what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with how you choose to give birth. There's nothing wrong with your choice to parent in the hospital. There's nothing wrong with how you choose to grieve or what you choose to share. Mm -hmm. That like all of it is normal Mm -hmm. because I think we question everything and none of it is your fault. Mm -hmm. Um, There, you know, we don't have a reason for why this happened. We'll never have a reason. There's no medical reason for it. there's nothing I did, but believe me, I was like, it's the coffee. I drank too much coffee. I mm-hmm. did all the things. It's not going to do any good to sit in that space of, of blame. So if you need to do it for a minute, do it for a minute, take a deep breath. And now what else can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just giving yourself grace and giving yeah. yourself time and knowing that you're normal, anything that you feel and say, it's, Mm-hmm. Um, you're allowed to feel you're allowed to not want to be around babies You're allowed to not want to be around pregnant people. You're allowed to Say what you want to say about it and then change your mind later Like you're allowed all those things and my hope is that people have can find that one person um, or Multiple people who can support them in that and not judge them yeah. and so on the flip side what can people do to support their friends or people who is to be there and to be, like to not give up checking in, Mm -hmm. to not tiptoe around because you're worried you might make them nervous or you're not sure. Ask, Mm -hmm. say the name, say I wanna be here for you but I don't know what the fuck that looks like but I love you and I wanna be here sit next to them, cry with them, go to those movies that they want to go to, like whatever, whatever it is, um, just be there and don't forget. Yeah.
0: Thank you for that. I think all of that is so, as somebody who has definitely gone through, you know, the grieving loss of somebody, you know, um, it's helpful for others to share what, you know, it's very similar mm-hmm. among, across the board of what the needs are and that, uh, the main theme is just fucking be there. You know what I mean? Like uh, no matter how uncomfortable you might be feeling or awkward or, you know, you don't know what to say or what not to say or whatever, like just, just be there, just check in, just, you know, cause, um. Yeah. And don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. It's yeah. like, okay, you're here, but you know, I don't want you here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want you here right now, but I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Don't take that personal. Yeah. Thought, Give us yeah. grace as well. Give the grievers grace, you know, I thought I wanted you here, but now you're <laughs> no. here and I
1: just want you to
0: leave. So and you leave. So leave. I just needed to know that yeah. you're going to show up. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: You come back tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think it's so important just like to, for everything to just be so fluid and let it flow and not to put any fucking rules on anything or restrictions or, you know, um, and just give everyone grace in this whole process because nobody knows, you know, what the fuck to do. Yeah. Um, and in a sense, yeah, we are all connected and we're all in this together, you know, whether you are the griever or the friend of a grieving person, you know? Yeah. Um, so grief, it's a fucking, it's horrible and it's lifelong and it's just figuring out how to, um, like Megan has mentioned before, live besi- you know, live side by side with grief and not let it consume you and you consume your life. Obviously you're going to go through your, yeah, the process as you will. Yes. Get fucking sad, scream, you know, or ignore it all or whatever. It's going to come back. It's going to be there. It's always there.
1: Shapina, we just wanted to end by asking, if there's anything else that you want to share about your son, Do you know? Because yeah. he was here. Yes. And we want to honor that and give you space to say anything that you want to say or that you want people to know about him.
2: Kyrie um, was, he like, yeah, he was here, right? Yeah. Like, he was, he was real. Mm-hmm. Um, he was our baby. And um, he... He's our light. We mm-hmm. say, like, we see you in the light of the sun, we feel you in our soul. Mm-hmm. And that's because we feel like we, when we said goodbye to him, the, you know, on a cloudy day and the sun suddenly shone through, mm-hmm. we feel like that was our sign from him, mm-hmm. that he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I could feel Kyrie's energy
0: and the love and the beautiful spirit, you know, like, I don't know. Um, and how you continue to like continue to honor him and do things in his name for him and spread his name out there. And that energy, that beautiful energy, because of course you felt it when he was inside of you, you know, growing him, um, you create a relationship, but I can only imagine, I've never had a child, but I can only imagine that you can sense the type of energy or the type of being that you're growing inside of you, you know, um, And when you saw him and everything, you know, it's just, um, a release of like that energy and that spirit and that soul, you know,
2: um, he's so, he's so loved by so many and he was so wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Well,
1: thank you for sharing him with us today.
2: Yes. Thank you. And thank you for sharing
1: you and your story with us today. It means so much. I'm,
0: thank you for having me. I'm oh, so
2: glad course. that we were able to do this.
0: Yes, us too. I mean, this <laughs> is a heavy fucking experience, heavy everything, you know, that a lot of people don't talk about, don't want to talk about, don't want to hear about, but but there's so many people that do want to yeah. hear about it and just relate and be the one who reads a blog all night long because they want somebody to connect to and know that they're not alone in this experience, that there's nothing that they fucking did wrong and there's nothing that they're doing wrong. They just want that, you know? So what you're doing today is just very honorable to you and brave and generous of your time and your, you know, all of it. Um, Whoever is going to be listening to this, you know, there, here it is again, (laughs) how spreading his energy out there, you know?
1: (laughs) so (laughs) um, Um, yes listeners um if you have a similar experience and after listening to this episode you feel like you want to talk about it we're open um please join us in hearing the lessons that Shafina has shared um please join us in sharing your stories and Shifina, nothing but love to you and your family. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Bye, everybody. See you next week.
0: See you next week.